podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. Bajero! You beauty! What a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his luck. Hello and welcome to this, your Champions League preview here on Anfield Index. I am your host, Andy Wales. And uh, it's time to look ahead to a very big game for Liverpool. Let's make no bones about it. Uh, the Reds entertaining Red Star Belgrade on Wednesday night at Anfield. And for this, I've got two stellar guests. Uh, first up is uh, the host of the Minefield podcast on Anfield Index Pro. And uh, I'm an old mother of mine. Alan Old Donahue. Al, it's good to speak to you again. Yeah, good to speak to you too, Andy. It's been a while since we've had a, a proper catch-up, so I'm looking forward to this one. Certainly. And I've got to say, I, I particularly wanted you on this one because, you know, when we were drawn against Red Star, that immediately brought back memories to me. Uh, and I know you're of a, a similar age to myself. Uh, when Red Star was a prominent name and had such a such a good team. So it's it's all them sort of fond memories of, of yeah. back to the, those glory days, isn't it? It's fantastic. Yeah, because like you say, as soon as we were drawn against them, I was thrown back to was it 88 or 89 that uh, they were they, they were fantastic and uh, yeah so I'm, I'm really looking forward to I'm delighted you you invited me on this one so looking forward to getting into it absolutely uh, I must confess though I, I'm quite ignorant to uh, how the the Red Star team kind of looks nowadays having not uh, really heard too much about about them in recent years so uh, how how great is it that we've caught someone on who can fill in all those blank for us and really uh, give us that expert knowledge that we will re- uh, require because uh, joining us is Nenad Mijaljevic. Um Hi there, Nenad. I, I hope I, I've said that right. I did try earlier. I probably got it right, better uh, the first time round. And you are the uh, the man behind Red Star English account on Twitter, aren't you? Hello. Yes, uh, that was pretty impressive, actually. Uh, you're pronouncing my name. Um, yeah, I do this um, unofficial uh, Red Star, or as we say it over here, Cervena Zvezda account. I following. won't try and say that. Uh, go on. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even try to say that. I would bend up, I think I would bite the end off my tongue. Oh, there is time, there is time. There is time. Red Star is much easier. Uh, go on, yeah. Yeah, it's what, what you call it over there. Um, like we mentioned there, you know, we, we're familiar with, with uh, the Red Star team of the late 80s, beginning of the 90s. Uh, so many good players. Uh, Prozinecki is uh, the one I, I guess really jumps out. Uh, Mihalovic, too. Uh, so many great names over the years. Um, has, has Red Star, has there been a drop uh, for, the, for the club since, uh, since them times when we were all kind of familiar with, with that team? Well, sadly, yes. Um, 
those are just memories now. Um, the spirit is there, but um, sadly the quality isn't. Yeah, it's. I guess uh, all the changes, the money that um, circulates certainly is, uh, in European football. I guess it, it's difficult, but I look forward to hearing more about uh, about the team and what we can look forward to. Uh, ju- just initially, though, I mean, looking at the group stages, uh, looking. At, I know it's only two games in, but um, Red Star started with a very positive result, didn't they? A draw against Napoli. Absolutely, yes. Um... Before the the group stage started, we, well, basically none of us expected that we'll get more than nil points. <laughs> so we're already overperforming. Yeah, and and I guess you don't want to talk too much about the previous game. Uh, I know there has been some controversy, but um, I think we'll won't get too much into that. But um, the heavy defeat away to uh, PSG in Paris. Uh, they've yeah. got some superstar names. We saw the, the, some of the talent they have. Uh, was that a difficult night for you then? Well, it was tight, to be honest. Um, but they, they just got it in the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, a, well, it was an experience, put it that way. Um, we expected to, to get beat, but, um, yeah, the manner of it wasn't quite. Uh, what we needed at this point. Yeah. So, do you think is it fair to say perhaps you're you're a, you're a different team um, at home than you are away, in, in certainly in a competition like this? Um, I wouldn't say that really. Uh, it was just a case of the opposition being just too too good and too inspired. Okay, uh, that's that's fair enough. Uh, and Alan, um, your brief thoughts then on on Liverpool's last outing in the Champions League. Um, a disappointing defeat away to Napoli. Yeah, it was. Excuse me, it was. It was really disappointing, and I, I think it wasn't so much necessarily the result, but it was the performance. Um, I think we were completely outplayed, and certainly in the second half, and we just seemed to have no answer to 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 the pressure that um, Napoli put on, put on us. And so, like, it, I was watching the match, and the whole way through, I was just waiting for us to kick into gear. And waiting for us, and waiting for us, and waiting, and it just never happened. And in fairness, I was myself and my wife were watching it together, and I was saying to her with about four or five minutes to go, thinking, you know, if we get a draw here, that's a fantastic result because we've been so poor, um, and Napoli had been so good, and they had created some fantastic chances. And um, so I wasn't obviously I was disappointed when when they scored, but I was able to kind of detach myself a bit and go, well, they completely deserved it. And it was just one of those games where, thankfully, they don't happen that often anymore, um, where we were just flat and, you know, we can get into discussions around the, the tactical side of things from, from Klopp's perspective. But overall, the best team won in the night. That's all I can yeah, say. I, I would absolutely agree that they were the best team. They absolutely deserved to win. And a lot was talked about the tactic side of it, but... I've got to say, Alan, I, I was what really struck me as as much as the tactics was, I think when your players they can't seem to get a good touch on the ball, passes uh, are going astray, and we're just playing making some bad decisions in in the passes we were trying to make, or you know when to pass, when to run, when to dribble, what we were going to do, you you know the areas we we're looking to play the ball. 
I think when you're making those bad decisions and you can't seem to pass the ball to a teammate and you can't take a good first touch, I think um, even if you got your tactics right, it's still going to be a difficult one. I, I, I put that completely down to um, to Napoli. They just gave us literally no space whatsoever, which then got us having to think differently and start to maybe play passes we wouldn't normally play um, to take risky. You know, the amount of crossfield balls to, to Mo Salah was just absolutely crazy against a man who was nearly twice the size of him or twice the width of him and he was just winning every single thing and I just think we we panicked that's what it seemed to me that we were just panicking because you know it seemed like they had an extra player or two on the pitch the whole way through the match because we just we couldn't we had no time to sell we had no we had no uh, I suppose options Going forward, there was a massive gap between our forwards and our midfielders. So there was no link up there at all. And that's why we had to resort to long balls from Virgil directly across the pitch to, to Mo or to look at Mane trying to take on 16 players and do something with it, but eventually losing it because he just ran out of space. So I just think sometimes, like, you know, especially with, with podcasts and Liverpool podcasts, we will overanalyze the the way we played and the mistakes we made, sometimes you just have to hold up your hand and say, on the day, they just completely outplayed us. Yeah, absolutely. And above all else, I mean, it just adds to this game coming up on Wednesday night. Um, it adds a little bit more importance that Liverpool have got to get this one right, haven't they? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, a lot of pundits and fans and, and the, the media are kind of, almost taking this game for granted like you know because we've had we've come through a, a rough schedule of fixtures um and we're now head, looking at, at heading into a group of relatively easier fixtures people are kind of thinking well we're going to start banging four or five goals you know in all the matches but i really don't think that's going to happen away to red star i think they're going to be and you know i suppose nenad can can tell us more but i was very impressed with how they played against napoli in the first match and I think that they'll provide a, a tough test and you know I'd be happy to come away with a 1-0 win obviously I'd be much happier to come away with a 4-5-0 win apologies Nenad but you know it's 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 one of those things where I think we just need to get that 1-0 2-0 win away from home after a hopefully good result against Huddersfield that can kind of lift us and then we can start to look at okay well can we kick on and start to bang in four or five goals. Now, I could be completely wrong and be looking at two Mo Salah hat-tricks, double hat-tricks in the next two games, hopefully so, but I just think we need to be a bit realistic and not just assume that Red Star are going to just, you know, roll over and and just take a, a hammering from us. Yeah, I mean, this one on Wednesday is at Anfield. Oh, is it home? I thought yeah. it was away. <laughs> that just shows where my head is at. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, let's... save this one. Save this one, Andy, for the for the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll save this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. now, it seems like a great time to bring you back in. Then um, talk to us about this Red Star team. Then uh, the manager, uh, who who is a manager? What what are his tactics like? How how does he like to set the team up and and play? Well, um, our manager Vladan Milojevic uh, is quite quite a guy. I can tell you. Um, he's done things that uh, few would have expected uh, just a year or two ago uh, because um, he just came in and nobody expected him to to have any success really and he managed to 
to install this spirit, this uh, discipline, discipline that we've been lacking for quite some time. Uh, he's got us in the group stage of the Europa League last season and quite unexpectedly um, he got us in the Champions League this season, which is um, quite a few fans say that uh, getting into group stage this season uh, was almost as big as winning the competition back in 91 because the the gulf is so so big now uh between the rich clubs of Europe and and us here in the uh, eastern europe but yeah he's just um, brought this incredible discipline to the team uh which has allowed us to get the results that few would have ex- expected really so you are the champions uh, the reigning champions uh, of the serbian league so do you, do you like to play attacking football? Is is that what we expect, or is it counter-attacking style? I mean, what what could we expect in terms of tactics? Do you think you'd be looking to try and keep things tight as possible, maybe deny Liverpool space in the way that Napoli did? Yes, um, probably. I mean, uh, we're not the team that parks the bus uh, normally, uh, <laughs> because normally we don't play Liverpool. Um, but, uh, yeah, at Anfield... Uh, we'll be probably looking to to defend and uh, hopefully not concede for the fir- in the first ten minutes or so. Uh, but yeah, uh, our team definitely is going to take uh, any chance to to attack, even though it looks like uh, those are going to be very few. Uh, and what would you say are the the strengths and we- uh, strengths and weaknesses of, of your team? Uh, our strength is uh, probably uh, the hard work that the players put in. They've been um, they've been very well uh, drilled by uh, by the coaching staff, I think, and uh, they have so much character and they um, they fight. They know uh, that so many fans have wanted and waited to see them in this competition for so long. So I think. Uh, this is our our biggest advantage, and uh, as far as the um, the bad things in our team, uh, those were pretty obvious uh, in Paris. Um, general generally a, a lack of pace, uh, especially in defense, uh, which could uh, prove to be a big problem uh, since we're facing some really really good and quick attacking players in Liverpool team. Mm. Uh, what about your support then? Uh, do, do you expect to see um, many Red Star fans make the trip across to, to Anfield? Uh, help that atmosphere? Um, definitely. Uh, many many fans are going. Uh, uh, Serbs who live over in, uh, in the UK are going to go. Even though uh, officially, of course, um, the away fans have been banned from this match. But... It's such a big occasion and at a, such a, a famous ground against such a big club, and I doubt that many fans uh, will stay away. And I don't think they could stay away. Yeah, it's, I, I think one of the traditional teams or one of the traditional clubs of, of the, the old European Cup, you know, coming to Anfield, the atmosphere is obviously f- famous at Anfield on European nights. So to to have a traditional club like that get the support there and 
I guess as well with you, with you not being in the competition for for a while, it it makes for for a big night really. Absolutely. Um, as soon as the groups were were drawn, this uh, this night was the highlight, and of course the the Belgrade match because uh, Liverpool is so much uh, such a favorite, such a popular club over here. And many many people who support Zvezda they also support Liverpool. So it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got to say, it's, it's one that I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, I know we're going to go through key players later in the show. We're going to talk about some of the key players, but I had a quick look at, um, at your squad, and, and the one name that jumped out was Marco Marine that I, that I recognise. Um, is he the only star name, or you got, or is that, you know, a real sort of hallmark of the club? It's similar in a similar way to Liverpool, where it's it's such about the team that it isn't about individual superstars. Well, absolutely. Uh, Marco Marin is probably the the most familiar name, um, especially for English fans, because he's played at Chelsea and uh, did well uh, playing in Germany, um, played for the uh, German national team as well. A very, very talented, talented guy. Um, and the others, probably our key striker, uh, Richmond Bochi. He's uh, from Ghana, did very well for us uh, last season, and he's back this season uh, from his rather rather poor spell in China. It's, so it should be an interesting night. So, Alan, uh, having heard that, uh, I mean, and I've mentioned that, I guess the, the, the thing that would have made your ears prick up the same as mine would be the, the lack of pace in the defence. Um, I think that would be the thing that really gives offers up the, the hope that that Liverpool can get what they what they need from this time. Yeah, I think it, it, it definitely kind of fills me with a bit more um, hope. And uh, I think, look, it's, it's something that I've noticed this season that, say, with definitely Mo Salah, Defenders seem to be able to keep up with him a lot better than they did last season. For whatever reason, maybe he's still struggling with injury or who knows, maybe he's just been tighter marked so it's more difficult for him. But Mo seems to be struggling with a bit of pace. So I think it's something we need to try and exploit in terms of um, the the defence that, that Red Star are going to try and put up. They There's a good chance though that they're going to be very aware of um, how we play. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe two banks of four just kind of sitting and, and trying to hold um, and not leave any space for us to get it behind. So, you know, for me, I really see it as a game maybe for the likes of a Shakiri or if if Keita is fit to come in and just play that more attacking role from midfield, whereas, you know, we've kind of been playing with the, the flat back three. But I think we're going to need that spark because there's a good chance they're going to be quite compact and just not leave any space for us to run in. Oh, well, certainly if I was the coach and I'm not, that's what I'd be doing. So you would assume that the Red Star coach will be doing that exact thing. Yeah. Another thing that I mentioned, you know, is how, how organised and how well drilled they are and well disciplined as a, as a team. And you mentioned they're denying Liverpool the space. So if there isn't really, if they don't leave that space in behind for us to, uh, to you know, exploit the, that lack of pace, then I guess that comes back to the creativity in behind the, the forwards and that's been a, a slight concern in recent weeks and, and do you think Shakiri or, or is certainly the you would imagine would be the answer to that being so direct but what about uh, 
potentially or possibly altering the shape somewhat, maybe getting uh, Bobby Firmino in, in a slightly deeper position. Because uh, I'm not looking at it if if it, uh, we know Ox is uh, injured, but if Naby Keita is missing as well, because the indications are he's probably going to be out for a couple of weeks. So we, we are lacking in, in them creative players. You think it's we're, we're looking at the guys who can do something a bit different and maybe change it up and see things that this you know flat midfield that we've played with that they can't see. You think maybe Ox and, and uh, Shakira, uh, not Ox, sorry, uh, Bobby and uh, Shakira, the only players that could potentially offer us that. Yeah, possibly, but I, I really can't see him changing shape so much that Bobby then becomes, you know, a deeper kind of playmaker. Now he has been kind of doing that a lot more, but I think that's as much to help the defensive side of things in, in terms of the games we've played recently. But I, you know, I wouldn't get too caught up either in in playing that flat midfield um, over the last six or seven games because I think it was as much out of necessity where Klopp was kind of looking at things from the perspective of, you know, let's not lose these games. Let's maintain um, the structure so that we can actually build on it and not give away silly chances. Um, so I think we will see a slight alteration in in the, the, the formation because if we don't, then we're looking at a Napoli all over again in terms of that huge disconnect between the midfield and the attacking three, and we can't afford that. And we, we can't really afford to have Bobby dropping deep to play that role. And that unless Mane and Salah are going to push in or push much further higher up the pitch. So it's going to be an interesting one to see what Klopp actually does with it, because I think if, if we keep the, the, the shape where we're, you know, we're actually playing a four, two, one, three, if that's, or yeah, I'm not great with formations, <laughs> but you know, where you're essentially you have, the, the two guys being more of holding midfielders with Shakiri slightly in front and then three guys up front, I think then we can um really try and exploit the 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 Red Star backline. And I think I think we need Shakiri in there. I think that's why we bought him. You know, like I was watching the, the Napoli game and, and the whole way through it I was going, this is why we were trying to get Nabil Fakir. This is this is the game we were trying to get Nabil Fakir in. But there's a good chance that had he been in, we wouldn't be playing. We wouldn't have played him. We would have played the same back three anyway, or midfield three anyway. But um, yeah, I think we definitely need to try and change it up and exploit that space, you know, in front of the the, the guys in the attack. And then, yeah, hopefully, some bits of magic can can unlock things. Yeah, because I I don't know. I, I keep I, I go back to kind of the the Maribor, uh, games last year where. Going in that, you know, potentially was the whole thing that they would frustrate us. They'd look to deny space and make it difficult for us and try to uh, engineer something. But then we had a player like Coutinho um, still with us at that point. You know, the guy who can dribble past players and commit and change things up. And and again, I guess it comes back to that. There's no one really in our midfield at the moment that can really offer that. So you think Shakiri's the the alternative to what we, how we would have lined up with Coutinho there last year. Yeah, well, if if he's not, then why did we buy him? Like, what 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 is his role in in this team if it's not to be the the filled kind of replacement in in that midfield? I don't I don't see him replacing the the front three. Um, I think he's better with with the the play in front of him. Um, so it, it, to me, it seems 
like the reason we, we signed him. He was the second year replacement, I would think, as well. And I would, yeah, I can't see what else he's going to offer um, if he's not going to be playing in that role. Okay. Uh, and then that then, so key players, talk to us about Red Star Belgrade. Who who are gonna, who are going to be your key players if you are to get anything from this game, do you think? Um, probably uh, Nenad Krstičić, uh, the midfielder, uh, is number seven. Uh, he's very, very good, uh, both going forward and, uh, cutting off, uh, the opposition attacks. Uh, it's him and, uh, Elfardu Ben, our Comorian forward slash winger slash everything, uh, the guy who, who works really, really hard for the team. He's everywhere. Um, he returns, uh, he goes back, plays almost at right back if, if it's needed. So I think those two players are really, um, the backbone of the team. Uh, and what, what do you like defending in, in the wide areas, your fullbacks? Uh, they're not very quick. Uh, we, we've got, uh, Filip Stojkovic at right back and Milan Rodic, the Serbian international at left back. Um, they are, Solid, not really uh, exciting players. Uh, they get the job done. Uh, but again, I fear that um, a slight like, lack of pace might be their uh, their biggest problem uh, next week. Mm. Uh, and what about in, in attack then? Is there much pace in your attack? Maybe looking to, you know, if there's an opportunity to counterattack the spaces that we sometimes leave behind our fullbacks. Well, uh, hopefully, because uh, we've got some pace up front. Um, the problem is that um, you need to have a bit of ball to to really show that uh, you can do something. And if you don't, then it's going to be just an odd uh, counterattack. But hopefully, uh, we can make something out of those. Interesting. So, sorry, uh, what what was the name of your guy midfield again? It's Nenad Krstičić. So that. You think everything, a, a kind of a key player to to how that team's going to function then? Um, probably, yes. Um, he's a very, very skilled uh, midfielder. Um, he knows when to get forward. Um, a really, really solid player. Mm, it's going to be interesting. We'll have to watch out for him. Um, what, what about yourself then, Alan? Uh, I know we, we've discussed uh, Shakiri, but um, obviously there's no guarantees he'll actually play. So who do you think is going to be key to... To, to Liverpool getting the result that they need and want from this game? I think, well, I think obviously the the guys in the front, um, whoever ends up playing, I think are going to have to um, try and, and, I suppose, cause that bit of chaos at, at the, the start of, of the match and try and, you know, get an early goal as if they can. I think if we do, we can really kind of push on and, you know, potentially get two or three goals in this match. Um, Mo Salah hopefully is fit. <clears throat> I think this is the type of game that we we all want to see navigate in, but it's not looking too good at the moment from what all the the uh, the accounts are saying. Um, for him to play in this match, maybe the the next one will be will be the one that we actually see him kind of step up. But I wouldn't mind actually seeing Fabinho uh, coming in and seeing what he can do in terms of just controlling the midfield, where there's maybe slightly less pressure on him. Um, it's a, it's not a league match, it's it's a Champions League match, and one that 
I suppose everyone would expect Liverpool to to get a result in. So I think he could be he could play a big role. Um, the defense is is picking itself every single week, and they're they're doing so well at, at the moment. Um, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't fear any attack really, and that's saying something because when was the last time as Liverpool fans we could say that we weren't worried about attacks coming and facing our defense? I would, you know, even with PSG, I think. We, we nullified them quite easily. Um, now I'm sure the game, the next game will be quite different when, when it's away, but I think the defense is fine. I'd like to see Fabinho step up and, and get played or get some game time and to see what, what he can do. And, uh, yeah. And then, uh, Gerardin coming in and being the main man scoring a hat trick. <laughs> That's what's good. That could be our man, you know, I think it could be a real, it's a real opportunity for him, or maybe Daniel Sturridge coming in, and as you're saying, Bobby dropping into that deeper position. Um, I think it's a real opportunity for for one of those guys coming in off the bench to to try and uh, to step up and, and stake a claim for for a first team shout going forward. Um, but you know, like obviously, you can't look past Mane and uh, Salah as well in this match. They both need to get that bit of consistency, and, and Bobby, I suppose, and to start to you know, get get the the right decisions. I think they've been quite disjointed in how they've played at times um, in the early part of the season where, you know, the decisions last year just seemed to be perfect every single time. They were picking each other out all the time. They knew when to pass, when to shoot. This year, it's just slightly off, just ever so slightly. And maybe this is the game where it all clicks into gear and we, we do end up... Um, starting the role of uh, quality attack and play to to match the defence and how well they've played so far this season. Yeah, obviously we recorded this before uh, Liverpool play Huddersfield uh, in the Premier League, so hopefully there'll be uh, a nice uh, kickstart to 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 uh, back to electric form there. But uh, it's I'm still I've got to say I'm still getting used to this idea of being confident in the Liverpool defence, and <laughs> it's been so long since I felt like this. It is. It's, it's a long, long time. Like even you know, going back to Hupia and Carragher um, or Hupia and Honcho, I, I wasn't as as confident as I am in our current back four. I think they're 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 so much stronger than than those guys were. I I'd be saying going back to Hansen and Lawrence, and um, that'll be the last time I felt so confident with a, a, a back two pairing. You know, with Stevie Nicol and uh, uh, who's the right back? Come on, help me out, Andy. Well, I always remember Stevie Nicol playing uh, playing at right back. He's everywhere, didn't he? And um, Jim Beglin at left back. Yeah, yeah Jim Beglin. Yeah. yeah. So like that 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 was the last time I really remember going. You know, nobody is is getting past this back four uh, until until now. I'm, I feel that confident in them. And you know, eight games into the league or ten games into the season, I would not have thought that at all at all. So. Um, let's just hope they play. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. High praise indeed. Uh, one final one then, I'll end, I guess, from the minefield side of things. What part do you think potentially that the Anfield crowd could play in this? Because, you know, a, a really uh, whipped up atmosphere at Anfield, European night, we're under the floodlights. You know, could it could it take some of them players back to that, um, that Champions League run of last season and get that excitement going and, and really play a part in them? Then players firing from the from the off. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there's there's definitely a, a really positive influence um, at home. Like you look at our results at home 
all through last season in the Champions League with that noise, with that the crowd. And it, it was just, it was electric. Like, you know, I haven't been over to Anfield in quite a while, so it's literally through the TV, but you can feel it. Like the hair stands up in the back of your neck. They're just, I think sometimes as fans, we we forget that we do actually play a much bigger role in in, in encouraging players' performance or, you know, detracting from players' performance in in how we react in the ground. And, you know, like the atmosphere against PSG was absolutely amazing. And, and you know, a lot of that goes to the, to the PSG fans as well. I'm hoping the Red Star, or the, the, they haven't got fans if they come to this game. Uh, but, you know, we have, we have an opportunity to, to really create an atmosphere um, that could get the, the players charged up. So yeah, I agree with you, and it does actually work. It does. It does have an impact. It's one of those intangibles that all the under pressure boys love so much. <laughs> yeah, like the word momentum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's build some momentum this weekend, and then carry it on come next week. Yeah, we're still looking for a definition of momentum that um, <laughs> that the stats guys are happy with. Uh, so. Uh, that just leaves us uh, match predictions. So, Nenad, we will let you go first on this one. Uh, what is your prediction for, for this match? Oh. <laughs> um, I'm going for a, a really strange uh, 2-2 draw. They will bring a whole other wave of um, speculation <laughs> about match fixing and everything. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome anything on here. You could say you could say you expect to win ten nil if you want. We don't mind. I don't expect it. Um, <laughs> I expect us to score at least a goal. So yeah, that would be nice. But it's uh, it, it will certainly be an interesting night if you do. I think um, be a, be another test of our team and our crowd as well. I think I think if uh, because no nobody expects an awful lot from you so i think if you if you do score it will be a real test of us of how we can deal with that so it's uh, certainly i think it's going to be an interesting night uh, and do you do you feel that your your players are going to be really up for this one then um i think that uh, the players are really up for it but uh, they do need a, a little bit of time when the match starts you know the first 10 minutes are, are really uh, critical uh not to get uh, drawn in by by the crowd and everything, uh, but as I've said before, um, whatever we do, we're already way way over achieving. So the players really should relax and do what they do best, and just try to represent the club, uh, which has such a such a rich tradition. Yeah, enjoy enjoy the enjoy the night because. That's the thing. I mean, no disrespect to PSG, but um, it's not quite the. They're not really uh, one of one of Europe's traditional uh, big clubs, are they? So it's you know going to going to Liverpool, going to Bayern, going to Barcelona, Juventus, Inter Milan, Manchester United. It's I guess that's different, isn't it? And that's a whole different thing to uh, to experience. Absolutely, um, as you said. You cannot uh, disrespect uh, PSG and their fans and everything, but um, let's be honest, it's all about uh, money over there. The team that, that they've assembled, it's just money. And yep. uh, and we, we don't have any money, so we just have to, uh, to play like men and uh, rely on our fans and tradition and spirit and uh, 
things that really should matter in football. Absolutely. Denard, we have to say thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us this insight into the Red Star team. Thank you. All the best. Excellent. And Alan, just leaves your prediction then. Uh, what do you expect from Wednesday night? Um, I think I'm going to go with a 3-4-0 victory. Um, I think defensively we're playing exceptionally well. I, I don't see us conceding. Um, I think we have the potential to kind of really, if we can get that early goal, as Denad was saying there, you know, they need 10 minutes to settle. That's our perfect opportunity. We're so explosive uh, in the first 15 minutes or so of, of most matches this season. I think that's where we, we need to exploit it. I could see us maybe getting two early goals in the first 10, 15 minutes and then maybe just taking the foot off the gas a bit and, and knocking a couple more in with counterattacks when Red Star try to push on to get um, to get a goal, so I, I could see maybe a four 0 win. Excellent. I, I will I will certainly be happy with that. But then again, like you mentioned earlier, I'd just be happy with a one nil. A happy with a win, full stop. Exactly. Yep. And and again, I'll, thanks for joining us here. Um, best of luck with the the minefield stuff. Thanks very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's great to get back on with, on a pod with you, Andy. <laughs> and yourself, Al. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Um, a big, big night ahead for Liverpool. Make no bones about it. Uh, it's going to be an exciting night under the uh, the floodlights at Anfield. My thanks to Ninad and to Alan, and our thanks to all of you for tuning in. We will be back before the away leg at, in Belgrade. But until then, from me, Andy Wills, it's bye-bye now. Network.